This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Oh, Cole, I am in a fantastic mood. Uh, we are coming off the heels of a splendid season finale of our one and only four-part Take It Up With Creative. I had a blast doing it, and I'm enjoying the feedback uh, of said event. Uh, how are you feeling? Is there any, like, you know news in in wrestling that we may have you know overlooked or maybe yeah, stuff like, that's happened since not the last talk- time we recorded yeah maybe not talked about or just completely glossed over since we got like four episodes in the can for like a, a short yeah, period of time like a month ago yeah yeah so anyone who's watched raw the last couple of weeks has noticed that my sister candace Lorray has returned to uh the wwe universe she is now officially on monday night raw and uh right off the bat thrown right into kind of the main event angle that's going on with all the women on raw um they've they've got a little bit of gang warfare going on so i'm hoping i'm hoping that that is setting up for something at survivor series should be really cool um so yeah that's been awesome (laughs) i uh kayfabed you this time didn't i I mean, kayfabe is one thing. Not spoiling shit is another. <laughs> Kayfabing would would imply that I'm a mark fishing for information. I just want to watch my show with no spoilers. It's all I have, Cole. It's really all I have. But uh, yeah, I will I... say that WrestleMania is going to be a lot more interesting being in the live audience this time. Hopefully, we get to see uh, Candice versus Bailey one on one at WrestleMania in L.A. That well, would be that tremendous. would be amazing. Yes, two California ladies um, said that would be fucking awesome i know that bailey has been wanting to work with my sister for quite some time i think the most heartwarming part of this whole thing for me was basically every single female in the entire wrestling business took to twitter to be like fuck yes candace Lorray," including beth phoenix who posted video when beth phoenix wanted to get back or when she needed to get back in shape for the wrestlemania match she went and worked out with candace Lorray. So, like, I mean, her and Natalia went down there. And so uh, to see the love and support from even all the women at AEW, most of the girls in the WWE locker room, and just random, like, Medusa and and Beth Phoenix supporting my sister and being excited made me feel good as a, a big brother over here. So, Absolutely. And just from just from a close personal friend standpoint, you know, it's, it's great to see, like, a – almost 20 year journey pay off in the biggest way and uh seeing seeing her struggles and seeing her just not quitting when a lot of us did uh 
it's remarkable and well-deserved, and I cannot wait for the future. Um, I'm going to be tuning in every week. Uh, let, let's be honest. I have been tuning in every week. Yeah, yeah. But even more so, I have a lot more emotional investment into it, and uh, I'm excited to see what's going to come. Now, Yeah, I, that's why I wasn't sure that you were watching week to week when Johnny made his return, so I may have not kayfabed you on that one. <laughs> no. No, but I but like, I, hey, maybe you should. Do you watch Raw every week? You should probably watch this week, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because even though our whole friendship is based on me making fun of you for not watching every week, and I watch every week, so you got you kind of conveniently asked me if I'm watching every week for some well, reason. No, I just because because I you're an in the you're, you are an in the know mark. You want someone to know that you know something before it happens. You want someone. You want to plant the seed, like, hey, I might know something that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's certainly not what happened. That is certainly whatever. what happened. That's certainly what happened every time. Like, the dumbest question to ask Ron ever. Hey, do you watch wrestling? Of course I watch wrestling, Cole. <laughs> well, hey, to be fair, and it's documented on our show, you did take a break from watching wrestling for a while. Yes. Now, it was because someone's eyeball got dug out of their face. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. But it's well documented that I returned when the crowd returned. Absolutely. Okay. But... Okay. But yeah, which is why I didn't even I didn't send a text. I didn't do anything about Candace. Well, I, I strategically block happens. you on Mondays on, on my <laughs> on my text messages. So I really hope there's no emergencies uh, on Mondays that we really well, need to get a hold of me. If there's an absolute emergency, I know I need to call the wife. If it comes down to it. Oh, let's be honest. I am the wife. I'm I'm the wife at this point. <laughs> well, I know that, but I know. But the one time I was trying to get a hold of you desperately and you didn't answer your phone, I called her and she took care of it. Yes. <laughs> She will do that. She will yeah. do that. But hey, uh, happiness across the board. So happy for my friend, your sister. But we have a task at hand today, Cole. We're getting back to our regular routine. Uh, we're going back to a favorite of this show. It's the brackets. And boy, as we're as we're recording this right now, it is well in the middle of October. And we're on the road to Halloween, the spooky season, Cole. Trick or treats. It's the one time of year that I teach my kid about taxes. <laughs> The dad tax? Yes, yes. This is what you earned, <laughs> and the, this is the, the the Twix are federal, and uh, the Kit Kats are state. So, yes, yes. This this is what you earned. Yes, this you should have all of this. But in order for you to live in my house, I get this amount of chocolate. So, with that in mind, this this bracket is Halloween bracket. Well, uh, I pending title. We're calling this yeah, I, yeah. the Halloween bracket. If you pass the trick-or-treat test in the world of professional wrestling, you are probably in this bracket. And, uh, boy, I'm excited to talk about this. Lots of fun characters in this one. Uh, normally, we try to solidify someone who's the best at something. But even with those, there's no integrity in this bracket. So why not <laughs> make an entire bracket that's about fun shit? And we couldn't ask for a better third man for a fun bracket like this. A man who is totally missed. He's only been on this show once, uh, probably for a good reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because he shit on The Undertaker. And oh, and there's back. no chance of that happening today, is there? <laughs> yeah, not in the Halloween-type gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but without further ado, he is the Pro Wrestling Gorilla alumni. He is a manager extraordinaire. He is a legend in SoCal. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, he is Dina Winwood. Come say howdy to Howdy Price, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, howdy, everybody. Get the hell out of here. All right. Hey, okay. how's it going, guys? Hi, buddy. Um, 
Yeah, good to be here. Uh, great to be back. Uh, yeah, you were right. You definitely could not have asked anyone better because they were they were very uh, you know booked up, and so I was free today, and uh, <laughs> yeah. always happy to come back and uh, offer some sort of uh, perspective. <laughs> yeah, Super Dragon was busy, so I'm glad you said yes. Oh, he's always busy. I don't know why you think you got like, oh yeah, Super Dragon had to back out. No, Super Dragon never booked. And if he did, yeah, yeah, correct. he would never correct. ever show up. I think well, I still... mean, the young the young bucks aren't doing anything right now. We could ask them. You would be surprised. Those fucking guys, they'd be like, Yeah, okay, we'll do it, whatever. Like, uh, but Dragon, no. Dragon is never coming anywhere to do anything. Challenge accepted. Yeah, please do ask <laughs> if you can somehow get a line to him. I'm sure he's still on um, uh, AIM. Uh... Oh, nice. What's going on, Super ASL? Yeah, ASL pick. Yeah, pick. So... <laughs> that was for the more advanced computers. Yeah, yeah that's and that's also for the older members of the audience. <laughs> yeah, that's that's old school game right there. Yep. Speaking of games. We, we ran through the rules of the bracket before we hit record, but just for our audience at home, if this is your first ever bracket ever listening to us on the creative team, we are going to go with 32 entities that fit the description of the trick-or-treat test passing, if you will, the Halloween bracket, if you will, and we're going to go through these in tournament fashion, two by two, and it's majority rules, ladies and gentlemen. If we all agree on who moves on, they move on. If we're outvoted, then if it's two against one, that person moves on, but... Do not forget the Darso rule. Yes, the Darso rule is the most fun rule in the universe of this game, this bracket. Uh, if one person feels so strongly about their entity moving on, they can play the dreaded Darso, and we will demolish and repossess the other two voters and move our entity on with no questions asked. It can only be played one time, and it cannot be played in the finals. Boy, I really need to make a recording of those rules so I don't have to repeat myself every time. Yeah, that's a lot. We don't have to think about it every time. Now I know how, Excal how Excalibur feels. We're going to have two people going up in the tag team match, but then we're going to follow by oh shit next match. Sold. <laughs> yeah, really, man. I tweeted it recently. I'm like, announce them faster, Excalibur. <laughs> He's just going to one day just bust out the scat, man. You know what? I would pay to, to hear Excalibur do the scat, man. Next week on Dynamite! Skip it, 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 it. <laughs> Boy, this went off a of rails. Cole! <laughs> you have the bracket in hand, sir. Do you want to start match one and get this show on the road or what? Sure. So we're starting right off, right off the bat. The Undertaker and the Missing Link. Ooh. <laughs> Ronald, how do you feel? <laughs> oh, I got to go missing link here. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> I mean, You're I mean, he's he, to he, yourself? he's been missing this whole time, but we found him today and he's linkage? facing the Undertaker. <laughs> That's a hell of a mania opponent right there. If you really think about it, like, Absolutely. oh, they brought in missing link to wrestle the Undertaker. It's very, I'm, I'm picturing a sausage on a milk carton. Because Ron's never seen a missing. I say you 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 haven't you haven't seen any of them territory tapes, have you? Oh no. Okay, no. so imagine if the Great Muda sneezed on a Bruiser Brody and then shaved his head, but just the front. <laughs> yes, just green paint on the front. Yeah, just green paint on the front. I'm front row immediately. You know what? This is just this is the first bracket. Um. Uh, I, I'm not going to... I don't like to be predictable on this one. So, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go Undertaker. Yeah, a missing link was one of those first characters that that really was super bizarre. It made his way across the nation. Um, he fit right in with some of the Abdul of the Butchers and the Sheiks of the day, where he was he'd come in for six months, be great, but he really did well in the AWA, and mm-hmm. um, he was great uh, trendsetter. But I mean, at this point in life, it's you know the Undertaker's the Undertaker, and as far as legendary goes, and fitting the Halloween, you know, with the caskets and the and the whole deal, I think I'm going to agree with Bob here, and we're going to move the Undertaker through. Are you okay with that, Ronald? Sure. I I I, I guess I'll just have to settle for that. Yeah. Well, which which Taker are we referring to, though? There were so many versions of Taker. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So Silver Pants Taker. That one time when he had the silver fucking pants, and his gear got lost. They're like silver snakeskin pants, and it was so weird. Yeah. Seeing him in that. Then we got then we got purple gloves Taker. We got purple gloves with the with the crush face mask Taker. I yeah. love the crush face. Honestly, Phantom Taker and Ministry Taker are my two favorite takers. Oh, yeah. Hanging yeah, Boss goes, Man and Crucifying Stone Cold is my jam, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he attempted to embalm Stone Cold alive. Yep. Yep. That's a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, off to a great start. All right. Moving on to Alistair slash Malachi Black. Taking on Vampiro. Oh, Ooh. damn. Okay. So are we talking JCW? <laughs> JCW Vampiro? Or are we talking about Vampiro Canadiense? Or are we talking like just like just full blown uh, uh, doing I'm... the graveyard match with the demon and the, the, by far the greatest spit in, in wrestling history when he popped open the casket and just went, Instead of spring of the mist, but oh, two misters, two misters yeah. in this one. Um, yeah, where do you where do you go with this one? I'm I'm more I'm partial to the uh, the uh, Lucha Underground commentating Vampiro. Yes, um, where he came out looking like Ghost with that match against Penta. Yeah, um, man, you know, I was never a fan of Vampire of Vampiro uh, Vampiro. Vampiro. I, is it Vampiro or Vampiro? <laughs> it's Vampiro, but we're doing the, uh, yeah, we're doing the fucking WCW JR ripoff. Vampiro! It's Vampiro! <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, uh, see, I think, I, I think I'm just going to go with someone that I just like a little more than the other. I'm going to go with uh, Malachi Alistair, just because he just fits that heavy metal look that I'm into. Uh, love, his, uh, love his strikes. He's a pretty much better worker than Vampiro. Uh, I think. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much, very much so. I met Vampiro. He was a nice enough guy, but you know, just was, wasn't my cup of tea, even when I was a kid. I've seen Virgil have better matches than anything I've ever seen from Vampiro. So, damn, you know, there's that. Uh, um, I was, I was I mean, probably in that is, one. This was, <laughs> this one's kind of a no-brainer for me. I don't really particularly like either of these guys that much. Mm-hmm. Um. Vampiro because he's the absolute shits and always just is fucking terrible in the ring. He's one of the, I mean, he's had two of the worst matches I've ever seen in my entire life. Go. And uh uh Malachi Black, I I'm okay on, but I went to a house show that he was on and he half-assed everything and it just like pissed me off to no end. Like all his strikes were like super weak. His kicks missed by like a foot. Like it was super half-assed, and it just 
it just uh, irritated the old man angry wrestler in me. Oh, and wow. so I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm out on this guy. But, you know, on pay-per-views, he snugs it up and it looks great. I get it. You're on the tour. You got to wrestle four matches in a row. You don't want to kill your opponent. Cool. But, like, I was like, man. <laughs> but I think between these two, uh, I think I'll go, I'll go Malachi Black, too. What do you think, Bob? <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Vampiro, I had a t-shirt of him from W well not WCW, it was XPW at the time, and he had merch. Um, and it was literally just a floating head. Where just a badly drawn floating head of a, a, a vampire with dreadlocks, and it just says Vampiro. And I'm like, okay, well this is cool, I guess. So uh <laughs> I think I have a picture of it somewhere. So uh, I haven't worn any of the merch. I'm basing this off of merch sales, by the way. No, I'm kidding. There you go. Uh, but- <laughs> No, Mal- Alistair or Malachi, however uh, the audience knows him by, uh, I'm going to go with him. Uh, definitely more into the character a lot more. Uh, definitely a more spookier presentation as opposed to, uh, I mean, literally the, the most pageantry that I've seen for Vampiro was in Lucha Underground. Like he yeah. had like the whole dark uh, priest kind of look and everything. I'm like, oh, look at this guy. He's actually going to, is he going to do, actually do something? And he did. Like that was probably his most noteworthy match but um yeah i gotta go with the with the alistair malachi tremendous all right all in agreement moving on to match number three this one's fun gangrel taking <gasps> on the broken matt hardy Ooh. oh come on <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh, man. And these guys shared a cinematic match during the COVID times in AEW. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, remember when Matt Hardy was shooting Sammy Guevara with fireworks? And that was, like, the best part of the whole pay-per-view? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, the entrance, the music, it just spelled everything that I loved in the Attitude Era. I just I looked forward to the brood segments, the bloodbaths. And here's the thing. It's such an iconic stable with two of like the wrestlers that are still going today and it lasted less than a year uh the the brood did if you look back and it's it's always revered it's always revered as like one of the best entrances ever and it, it was literally the run of theirs was less than a year uh so yeah long story short i'm going gangrel interesting uh yeah for me um you know there was a point where uh People stopped talking about TNA, stopped watching, stopped paying attention to it, and it just kind of, you know, faded off into the into the abyss. And then all of a sudden, I see you started you hearing there. about these ridiculous promos and craziness of what Matt Hardy is doing, and it put a spotlight back on TNA at at a time when you know everyone thought it was going to die, uh, just the, the painful death. And I think it may have even saved the company to a certain degree where it kept enough attention on it. And they were having a pretty decent product at the, at the time. A lot of the, you know, old WCW slash WWF guys that were there had moved on and it was a little bit smaller promotion. And and I think, you know, as much as we make fun of Matt Hardy or like aren't big fans of his, I think this one stretch is probably the best work of his career it was a it was a point where it actually you actually felt like one of the Hardys could survive without the other for for a little stretch of time. And, and not uh, only that, it was the first time where people <laughs> thought Matt Hardy can survive without Jeff. Right, right. Like everyone knew Jeff can survive without Matt. 
I mean, in in the the world of wrestling, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe right, not outside right. the world yeah. of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna surprise you. I'm gonna go with Broken Matt Hardy making our guest cool. Dina Woodwood the decider for the first time in the bracket. Cool. Well, I'm gonna just nip that in the bud right away, Gangrel. Um, the as as stated, yes, it, both of you make fantastic valid points there. Uh, Gangrel, the most memorable entrance in, in the span of just a just a year, uh, able to leave such an impact on a lot of it. Plus, the guy had the fucking dedicated look. He had the fangs. He had like the blood uh, goblet and everything, and the fire and everything. You literally just thought if you were a kid watching that, you're like. Oh, this vampire is literally from hell coming out from the stage and is going to probably fill my blood in that goblet. Uh, Broken Matt Hardy, as you stated, uh, brought a lot of attention to a dying company, brought a lot of eyes, including my own, back to the product of where I'm like, they don't understand what the hell they have as far as good talent goes. And, you know, I'm just done with it. Then all of a sudden you see him acting very strange. And then you start seeing, oh, he's he's best friends with a, a drone. And he's bringing random people <laughs> in. Like, what the shit is this? And you're watching it. And yeah, the cinematic matches, totally groundbreaking at that point. To the Way point where like, WWE was just like, okay, well, well, let's bring him back and we'll do it. You know, and like really eager to do it. However, those cinematic matches are really... Uh, just all I remember of it as opposed to the rest of the buildup of it. I don't know the obsolete song. Like none of it really hits as banging and banging. Um, which by the way, Gangrel has been sampled a good number of times by like indie rap artists because that, that the brood theme, incredible, mm-hmm. just absolutely incredible. Just simplicity of spoopy notes and fresh dope ass beats. So you know what? And I had breakfast with him. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm judging it by that. I had breakfast with Gangrel. I think he ordered a Bloody Mary, or was it a cranberry? <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna go Gangrel. That's awesome. And, and you know, it, since it sounds like we're not talking about Broken Matt Hardy again, I do have to say, you know, I totally missed like the start to finish buildup of the Broken Matt Hardy character. But there was a point in time where they like posted the entire saga of that character's development. And of all people, Candace sends me that video. And says, "You need to stop what you're doing and watch this immediately. <laughs> it's the great, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And mind you, this is well into her career, and yeah, she's cynical yeah. about wrestling. So for her to pop on something, uh, I pressed play immediately, and I laughed my ass off. And it brought me back to TNA uh, ever since. Uh, well, not ever since. I did fall off again, but that <laughs> did bring me back for a time period for sure. All right, Gangrel, moving on. That's not uh, Darso material for me." <clears throat> This one, however, could be Vader taking on Mortis. Oh, Ronald. <laughs> See, the the rest in peace, both of these gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, professionally, in the ring, through the ropes, my personal taste, Vader is the absolute man, and by God, I would love that mask. I would, if I had that mask, it would be my Halloween. Uh, costume every year. I would blow the steam off of an old lady's face that would attempt to give me pretzels. Um, but I kind of want to use this bracket to show some love to Chris Canyon because aside from being an adorable human being and uh, a very tragic story, 
I thought the Mortis character was so fucking cool when I was 12. Uh, like, I really wanted, like, you know, obviously you don't have the mindset of you want booking to work as a child, yeah, but I really yeah. wanted Mortis and Glacier to be on TV every week. <laughs> right. And when and when it stopped, I was sad. You know, I, I played those guys constantly on the WCW Revenge game on N64. Uh, and because this is the Halloween bracket and not like, you know, the best of all time bracket, I'm going to lean towards Mortis on this one. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I Canyon's one of those guys that gets a lot of credit for a really innovating wrestling offense in, in and well-deserved. I mean, he, he'd go out there every match and have something you've never seen before. And just put a little twist on on a move that that's you know just a normal move. Put a little twist on it to make it unique and different. And I think he's one of those guys who really inspired a lot of other wrestlers to be creative and come up with new moves and new stuff. And uh, you know, it, I don't think we can overstate his place in the business and where he belongs and his influence on today's wrestling. He's one of those guys that goes largely unheralded in the world of professional wrestling. But I think, like, the workers' workers always talk about Canyon and, you know, who better than Canyon, right? Right. Um, but I just, for me, I wasn't into WCW from, like, 94 to the end. I'd, ch- I'd pop in once in a while, like, when you hear about Jay Leno, like, you can't avoid it. <laughs> Dennis Rod, I was a huge Dennis Rodman mark in general. And so when Dennis Rodman was there, I'm like, I'm absolutely watching this. But, like, even when Bret Hart went to WCW, I didn't watch WCW. And Vader's, like, one of my maybe 15 favorites of all time. So, for me, I gotta go Vader. Uh, Yes, again, both RIP and respect to both of these legends there. Chris Canyon, an innovator. Uh, Definitely a man who could uh, be the part of the Jersey Trio. Or, uh, you know, positively Canyon. Or, you know, Mortis in general. That Mortis is still one of the coolest looking gimmicks. Absolutely. In the history of professional wrestling that I wish had more time. Like, I wish they went full in on the investment as far as booking goes. Because they sure as shit went in on the investment production-wise and pageantry-wise. Now, I'm a Vader guy. Vader is, like, one of my tops. Like, him and Bam Bam... The fact that I found out that they tagged in Japan, I was yeah. like, oh, okay, so God's just walked amongst everyone in Japan. And they're just like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> like, um, and like my favorite era of Vader is the full head mask, not the, the strappy, but the full blown like black mask where his eye popped out and then yeah, he's got yeah. the Mastodon helmet. Yes. I always had this little thing of like, he really thought he was a transformer, like, oh, I'm the Decepticon, <laughs> that sort of thing. But, uh, as far as Vader goes, like I find Vader to be the more definition of professional wrestling heavyweight monster. Like the big tough guy who comes in and he's such a bully and he'll destroy all your heroes and then he'll take the gold. While as Mortis, I find a lot more nightmarish. Like literally the definition of like you book this guy on Halloween Havoc and you're like, oh, this makes sense. This guy is a Halloween kind of get like a, a dad watching wrestling. Oh, you you like the Halloween have? Okay, that's a Halloween wrestler. I like him. He's a, he's a Halloween guy. Oh, who's he wrestling? Oh, he's wrestling uh, Prince Iukea. What the hell is a Prince Iukea? Like, you know. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Mortis on this one. And fun fact, uh, Vader is the winner of our big man bracket. Oh, yes. perfect. Okay. 
beating Andre the Giant, Bam Bam Bigelow. It was a tough, tough bracket. I say that is a tough uh, like trio right there. But yeah, I mean everybody. I mean Andre, as far as legend status goes, beats them on that one. Bam Bam, oh, one of the sure. more impressive, agile ones out of all three of them. Vader just finding a way to combine both of those. And then coming out to Rainbow's Eyes of the World in Japan, which is just such a dope theme. Like, yes. if you haven't heard it, folks, check out that theme. It's rad. But that's pretty cool. Damn, these are good brackets. Go back in the archives and binge this shit. Yes, those of you at home, go back yes. and binge. <laughs> Give them some more numbers. Support the podcast, please. All right, moving on. Uh, you, you guys swayed me on Mortis. I think I think uh, Dino's uh, explanation of this is the Halloween bracket kind of Talk to me out of playing a Darso. So, <laughs> Kane versus Mantar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yes. Damn it. Mantar. Mantar. First a off, regular, I... regular subject on the Creative Team podcast. So I, I'm sad that this match never happened. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. It's so sad because, like, one so undeniable should win just by the bracket alone. But, man. Yeah. But man, tar. I but tar. yeah, tar, tar. <laughs> but what I, where I was going with that is, man, I really wanted Mantar to be like my dark horse, literally. Uh, <laughs> he's a he's a Mantar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck it, I'm going Mantar. <laughs> you mess with oh. the bull, you get the horns, Kane. <laughs> you screw with the Mantar. You, you brought get the you, one, two, three. You brought fire to a bullfight? <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> well, god wow. damn it. My mask is bigger. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that guy wrestled with a full-blown animal head on his head. <laughs> Holy hell. Oh. Oh. Well, with all that said, I'm still going to go with Kane here. Oh. We'll make Dino the decider. <laughs> Woo! Okay. So we've already covered the mask part of that one. So that's there's that. Oh, man. Now it's going to politics. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if it's going to politics, then Mantar all the fucking way. Like, yeah. But Kane has an Audi belly button, so I'm going to vote against him. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate the fact that that was like, that wasn't a magnet for my eyes. Like when he just straight up was like, I'm going to wear pants only. My eyes would just lock onto it. I'm like, damn it. Like, I hate looking at it. Like, it's, I know it's not. You know, it's genetics. It's fine. Anybody out there, if you're listening and you have an Audi belly button, you're beautiful. But Kane made it really difficult to focus on the match because it was just right there. It was right there. Oh. But yeah, Mantar. All right, Mantar. Yes! Moving on. <laughs> In the Halloween bracket. Hoy. That brings us to our next matchup. Kevin Sullivan. Ooh. Versus the demolition. Oh, two on one affair. But you know, if anyone's up to the task, it's the master of them. That was good, right? Come on. Yeah, Come yeah. On. That was, that was uh -huh. I'm yeah, texting, yeah. so I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good bird noise. <laughs> well, given the theme of our brackets, a major staple in this bracket is none other than Barry Darso. And I care in good conscience. Legend. Yes, legend. Absolute legend. Sir, please, if you're out there listening to us, uh, we'd like to have you on the show. Um, <laughs> with that being said, I got to go demolition here because, you know, one, there's two of them. 
Uh, two, there's two of them. And three, they totally passed the Halloween test. I mean, Kevin Sullivan just looks like a creepy uncle next door trying to steal your candy. Um, <laughs> gotta go demolition. Oy. <clears throat> oh, Kevin Sullivan's one of those like guys that I just really like a lot more than I have any reasonable explanation for why. Uh, I mean, he's just so good, and, and he definitely was one of those guys that dug into the occult. He, you know, uh, I mean, so much so in his gimmick life that people legitimately think he killed Chris Benoit and did all kinds of satanic stuff and just just insane conspiracy theories. Um, Kevin Sullivan was fantastic. He's one of my favorites from childhood. Um, so I'm going to give him the slight edge here. The demolition never really did it for me. So uh, Kevin Sullivan, and we're going to go to Dino to decide yet again. Okay, so let me just go ahead and stand this right now. I'm probably this is probably going to get me another ban for a while. Uh, demolition greater than LOD, in my opinion. I'm a demolition guy, like straight up. I love the fact that they were just these big, everyday looking bastards who probably could be your uncle or your dad, just painting up and putting going into a leather store. And their theme song ripped. Honestly, Demolition by Rick Derringer, way better, way better theme. Um, that being said. One of my favorite tag teams of all time. Um, I agree. Kevin Sullivan really got into that gimmick to the point where, yes, people did really suspect that he did do a homicide. But um, in the territories as well, uh, he started out with uh, with Luna Vachon when she was coming in. And she was one of his followers. And, you know, those of you who may know, Luna Vachon, a very amazing, incredible talent but known for her looks. We'll get there. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about her again. Okay, great, great. <laughs> well, she was just this, like, everyday-looking kind of gal, just adorable and everything else, and then Sullivan got a hold of her, and Sullivan made her into this, you talking, Sal raspy, and everything else, and shaving her head and everything, and they would do these promos of damn near Manson family-esque type of personas, and people would really just get freaked out by this, like to the point of like, is this real? Is this like, are these guys really into the occult and everything else? There's a great video by IQ Wrestler on Kevin Sullivan that splice footage together and it makes it look just completely like a documentary. But um, yeah, the fact that he did all that and then the Dungeon of Doom. I've been watching, rewatching WCW like early 90s when I didn't have cable. And so seeing all of those promos and segments and coming into the ring and everything else, I'm like, this is childhood personified right here. The, these these random evil gimmicks <laughs> coming in and taking out your heroes. And like, we're going we're gonna to fight the WCW because, you know, I'm evil, but I'm also got this accent because I'm Kevin Sullivan. I'm like, oh, my God, it's one of Popeye's nephews, and he's completely evil and satanic. <laughs> but... Like, just the fact that, you know, he had, like, the shark and Kamala and everything else. Like, that, to me, just this group of monsters, that's as close as the Skeletor as you're going to get. Shit, bring Mortis in. That would have been even better. But that whole collection, that rogues gallery of evil forces and monsters and this dungeon of doom and just the theme song and the smoke and everything, to me, that's classic Halloween or monster movie show host quality right there. That's some Joe Bob Briggs shit. Yeah, it's so 60s Batman. Yeah, and I love that. So I got I got to go with Sullivan on this one. I'm not mad at it. Homeboy's got a hell of a double foot stomp. Dude, it's yes. stone. 
It's like they're dropping a block of stone onto somebody when he just flat foots them on that stomp. Doesn't even need to go to the top rope for it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, it sounds like the Taskmaster has double stomped the competition. Yes, sir. Moving on to Abdullah the Butcher, Ooh. another favorite of the creative team. Take it on. The Ugandan giant Kamala. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Oh, yeah. You can lead this one off there, Dino. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. So, the Ugandan giant, a beloved gimmick and character, I mean, very questionable by today's real, like, perceptive eye yeah <laughs> but loved by so many and honestly like i'm a huge kamala fan i loved kamala he scared the hell out of me as a kid and then when he turned face with reverend slick like kamala you are a man and they would try to humanize the character i rooted for him i loved kamala so much um while as abdul the butcher uh just the madman from the sedan who would come in and just not stop with the throat thrusting and he pulls a fork out of his tit and starts stabbing people. I'm like, that guy has a fork under his tit. Like, that's crazy. And then I, you know, tried it. Cause you know, fat kid loves wrestling. I wonder if I could do that. Um, but very, very like mysterious and legendary for his type of gimmick. I mean, the man's forehead looks like bubble gum. Once he starts getting going, like, it's so <laughs> disgusting. Ugh. Um, damn. I'm gonna really, honestly, I'm gonna have to go Abdullah on this one. Yeah, I'll All be right. I'll be quick about it. I'm gonna go Abdullah the Butcher here too. He, the guy has worked himself into looking like a monster in real life. Mm -hmm. the, the forehead is ridiculous, uh, but yeah, and, and the gimmick too. Like the man got electrocuted in an electric chair in the middle of a ring, and like <laughs> still lived to tell the tale. I mean, what's more Michael Myers than that? So. <laughs> For me, as much as I love the Uganda giant Kamala, uh, he's leaving this round with a fork in his head. Yeah, I, I don't think it's it, it's even that questionable that today Kamala would just get just eviscerated by the PC standards of today. I mean, even like the whole gimmick where he goes for the cover when they're face down and like like he can't understand the simple concept of how to pin someone in a match was like wow this is super offensive today for sure but i i just i remember loving it as a kid and i agree that i forget that that baby face turn where like you know especially for kids i feel like you were just rooting for kamala and just like all right you know and you're like oh turn him over turn him over get the pin come on <laughs> i love kamala it was fun um but I, abdullah the butcher was probably the first guy I did a real deep dive um, on when I started tape collecting slash tape trading, you know, like the Abby was like the first guy that I really dug in deep that I didn't know anything about. Like I knew about Tajiri and, and Dean Malenko and Eddie when I did deep dives on them, but like I knew nothing about Abby and I watched 10 hours of his stuff. I mean, and he did some great stuff with Hogan in Japan and, and, like, the stuff with Stan Hansen, like, all that stuff is just insane. He's one of the most believable characters you've ever seen. And then there was a few matches that surprised me. Like, he did a big one on one of the big NWA pay-per-views. wrestled Manny Fernandez, and he had his working boots on that day. He's taking monkey flips and, like, flip-flopping and flying around the ring. I was like, wow, this guy could really go. So, uh, for me, Abby's going to be moving on, and uh, we are 
clean sweep for Abdullah the Butcher. We could have another deep run for Abby setting up here. I'm fine but with it. that brings us to the final matchup of the first half of the bracket. The left side, Finn Balor, Demon Finn Balor taking on Doink the Clown, Ronald. <laughs> yes. A legend. Folklore yes. in the creative team department. The winner yes. of the new generation bracket. No, yes. sp no spite whatsoever in that at all. Yeah, that's uh, that's well documented on the creative team. Doink the Clown, the greatest character in the new generation bracket. If you're going to pull a poster of the new generation, Doink is right in the middle. Oh, but for this match, though, for the Halloween bracket, we got Doink the Clown. See, like it's already it's already solidified that Doink the Clown's winning because I already forgot who he's facing. <laughs> Demon Finn Balor. See, see, a drenched in who cares? Uh, <laughs> wow. No, no. See, no. I, I like I like Finn. Gosh, I just I just have to put my stake in Doink the Clown still. Like you know, only because I I like the look of Finn Balor. It looks it looks very well for the for the theme of this bracket. But he didn't. He never scared me, and Doink the Clown scared me when I was a kid. And so, if I'm gonna go with the theme of this bracket, no spite at all, like Finn Balor, but I gotta move Doink on. Uh, you talked me into it. I'm with you, Doink the Clown. Yes, <laughs> Dino. Yeah, I mean it's it's a full clean sweep for Doink. I just gotta say, you know, because like. If if you're gonna base it on Halloween, I'm only gonna mention the one time that Finn Balor made himself look like a pumpkin, and uh, he became the Halloween Havoc logo, uh, doing a almost Michael Jackson black or white video transition when doing a promo. I'm like, what is going on with this? Well, as Doink beat a man nearly to death with a fake arm. <laughs> For like what seemed like 30 minutes but no it was just like probably two minutes but i'm just losing my mind wanting this clown's head on a stick and then you know coming out to that that circus music damn near close to being Wee's nightmare just looking into the camera and just staring at you at home oh my god why do they have this on the tv <laughs> like the clown matt born even his born again uh gimmick in ecw where he went insane and was half doink makeup and just trying to rediscover himself. Like, Doink the Clown, Matt Bourne, and just hands down, wins this bracket. Wins this right. bracket. <laughs> I, I like where this is going. All right, we've reached the halfway point of episode one. Here we go. Sting versus the Yeti. Oh, oh the Yeti. The Yeti. Oh, when the Yeti comes to town, it's a wrap. Oh. Now, are we talking sexy super uh, crow theme, uh, Sting? Are we talking always angry Wolfpack Sting? I'm like, why is he so angry? His face is all red. <laughs> I know. No, no. Tomato face isn't invited. Um, <laughs> I think we're going full on crow sting. Maybe surfer. No, not surfer sting. No, he can, he can stay home. Nah. I like surfer sting, but you know. Surfer sting's dope, but like crow sting is it's what he's known for now. Yeah, crow sting. What about sting? Joker sting from, from TNA? I, I, I liked that run if i'm honest yeah. it was the only time where i was like man this guy's got fantastic promos because like <laughs> he was always just like the 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 you know generic 80s promo guy let me tell you something shit like that but when he did the joker thing Ooh. uh yeah like the faces the 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 kooky shit i was like i didn't know he was capable of this so i kind of liked that run even though it's kind of laughed at nowadays but back to the task at hand 
Um, see, this is going to be a theme. I already forgot the participants other than Sting. The Yeti. The Yeti. It's a rap. My, my, my awful joke. Super pun, yeah. Yeah, super pun. <laughs> uh, yeah, how... I. I he can uh, he can attempt to fuck Sting all he wants. He's not gonna beat Sting. Uh, Sting's gonna shove that he's gonna shove that bat up his ass, and uh, we're gonna go home. Turn into a popsicle. <laughs> all right, yeah, Sting for me. Yes. You sure? You know. You don't want to. Yeah, we'll it. make it quick. We'll just do Sting on <laughs> this one. The Yete flush that stack of toilet paper. <laughs> all right, this one's a lot more difficult right here. This one is gonna be nostalgia versus potential even gold dust and darby allen Ooh. ronald mm. i think darby has that eddie munster thing going for him and just that creepy little bastard thing going for him but he for me he just has that you know he's he's a star on jackass with face paint that that's that's where <laughs> that's where I'm coming from when it comes to Darby Allen. Fucking awesome worker. Like he's the only guy that makes dives look mean. Um, but you know, Goldust just had this. You know, I I I would I didn't know what I was looking at when I was when I was that age. The word androgynous never entered my vocabulary. Uh, I I I kind of like got the vibe that it was a little sus what he was doing, <laughs> but I didn't put it together that it was you know, like walking the fine line of this dude's gay uh i just thought it was just a weird new way to creep people out and i thought it was like a weird creepy thing and so i think i'm just gonna drag myself back to that time period and how i felt watching the character and give uh give mr dustin his flowers on being a creepy asshole back then and uh kind of kind of kind of give him his just due when it comes to this theme so i'm gonna go gold dust here hmm. All right. Uh, Not to mention, when he went through that artist formerly known period, there was oh, a yeah. lot of wardrobe and costume changes. So you got to rip all the dust. Yeah, you got. Oh yeah, when he was Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so you got to rope. You got to rope all that shit into there too. Yeah, and and I think Darby Allen is one of those guys that I think he has unlimited potential. I just you know, um, with everything that's going on at AEW right now, who knows who's gonna get a push or who's. You know, who's not getting a push and why? And, you know, <laughs> but Darby Allen's videos are fun. I, I it's He's creative. Um, it doesn't feel like he's just redoing Undertaker or something like that. You know, it doesn't feel like it feels like something fresh, that he's doing something new, even though he's work, he's in that kind of creepy grunge type mode. And so I really like it. And yes, he everything he does does in the ring just seems to have a little bit of extra zip on it and uh it's great but i think at this point if we're doing this 20 years from now it might be a different outcome but as of today i think i'm solidly in the camp of gold dust so dino yeah i mean valid points on, on everything for darby a solid worker and everything else his videos very you don't know what the hell he is going to do in it um i look at him more of just this emo kid just you know hurting himself because you know he's miserable and whatnot not necessarily to the point of where i feel like he's just this embodiment of halloween i think he's already just oh i like the dark because it pain and everything else <laughs> but gold dust when he would knock out the opponent and then just crawl on them and everything else i'm like that scared the shit out of me as a kid i'm like what is this guy doing didn't understand it at the time but even then like 
it's very frightening. If you were like, if he was you know, legitimately this big Hollywood star and he wanted you to star in his new film and then like, he's just creeping up on you. Like that's frightening as hell. So as, as far as this bracket goes or, you know, for the Halloween gimmicks and stuff that's scary and everything else, going to have to go with heel gold dust on that. Sweet. All in agreement. Moving on to the next matchup. We talked about her once. Luna Vachon. Yeah. Take it on. The Boogeyman. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. See, like, I could totally see this match happening. Like, yeah. he, he, pull, he <laughs> pulls out. life, yes. Yes. He pulls out the worm. She takes him and eats him and spits it at him. Oh, that'd be awesome. I would oh, put, this should have happened. Yes. Damn it. I would put Luna over in a heartbeat. In, Same. Yeah, and I'm going to do it again. Uh, Boogeyman definitely fits the bill a little bit more, uh, entrance and all. But you talk about investing into a character so much so that like <laughs> i think doing the voice like jacked up her voice in real life and she just ended up talking like that even more and good god she ended up marrying the vampire so what's more halloween than that uh i'm going luna vachon <laughs> yeah i i i agree the boogeyman was fun uh the boogeyman while it is creepy and a lot of people are creeped out by like worms and stuff like that i'm just looking at a big giant pile of bait i i you know i i frequently uh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 it use worms all the time, so they don't creep me out. Um, but I think the boogeyman was more in that funny, silly kind of vein, uh, but definitely Halloween y as hell. Uh, but Luna, like, legit, you know, even as a kid, she I was scared of Luna, like, I just was legit scared of her. I never would have fucked with her in my life. I to this day think she would beat my ass. At any of you know, if she was still around, no, 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 my ass right no, no, yeah, to yeah. this day, she could probably still beat your ass, <laughs> yeah, probably accurate, yeah. So, uh, it's Luna Vachon for me all day, yeah. I'm gonna have to go with Luna on this one, too. Legitimately, a woman that can beat the bejesus out of you because her dad was Butcher Vachon, so yes. you know, trained her to demolish anybody that came in her way, while at the same time, yeah, she would, as you said, she would have grabbed those worms, put them in her mouth shoot them up and spit them out while at the same time with the voice and everything. I'm like, oh, God, this woman is a demon. Like, you know, really freaking you out. And then the boogeyman takes a powder. That would have been epic. Yeah. Like, he fucking leaves like a shit heel. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not fucking with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I do appreciate the production that went into the boogeyman's appearances and, and entrance and stuff like that. But Luna Vachon is literally somebody from like the 1980s nightmare films where like a gang is chasing you and yeah. you don't want to run into her. So we're going to go Luna. All right. Moving on to the next matchup. Speaking of 1980s horror films, Dexter Loomis oh, wow. taking on Mankind. Ooh. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> this one's easy for me. Uh, it, you know, e even with the affiliation between Dexter and some of my family members, not a huge <laughs> Dexter Loomis fan. Uh, I don't get it. I think they're like 15 degrees off of off from having something really good, and it so it just comes across as like, what are they doing? And you know, so while I think it could be great, I think the silliness of it is is hurting it. So easy for me mankind when like w when he first came in and all all brown taking out the undertaker the promos with the rat and the cellar all that stuff easy for me mankind moving on ronald absolutely i'm going mankind too i don't get the dexter loomis thing either i think it's an absolute waste of sam shaw who is a very talented worker mm -hmm. um 
you know, I just, I, I don't think, I, I just don't see the reason for having someone who's such a great talker be a mute. Um, right. So there's that. But Mankind, like, you know, I'm going back to where I was a kid. Big Undertaker fan. Uh, Undertaker, to me, was untouchable. He was like the wrestling shaft. You know, like, no, no, all the heels came in and beat him, beat him up because they didn't want him to be the champion because they know no one can beat him. So for 1996 to come around and Mankind beat him so decisively with a submission hold, it fucked me up. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm trained to believe that Undertaker's scary as shit, but if that just happened, that guy's the scariest man on the planet. So <laughs> that was the psychology that was going through my mind at the time. So, of course, Mankind's got to move on here. Yeah, a uh, little fun fact for everybody out there who doesn't know me. I am a huge Mick Foley fan. I mean, I look like a Mick Foley fan, but, uh, I mean, Cactus Jack was one of my first favorite wrestlers yes. from WCW, and seeing him change into Mankind, uh, those promos left such a uh, an impact on it because he's always been a fantastic talker and storyteller for the character. Um, but that Mandible Claw... Just seeing him like just slap that shit on, it made the under part of my tongue hurt. Like you know the little connector to your yeah, yeah, yeah. mouth, it made me like try to clench on it. I'm like, is that what he's grabbing? Like, what's he grabbing? Like, it's really freaking me the hell out. And the fact that he he talks about these past pains and everything that drove him insane, and the screaming and the wailing, and then getting his fucking ass thrown off a cell, and then coming back twice, mind you, like that to me is just hands down the epitome of a scary scary man well as i agree sam shaw i loved his work in uh, impact but he they gave him a lot more to run with as opposed to what i want to say like comparing it it's almost like an anime character where it's just oh the spooky guy comes in and just stares at them yeah and that's it like that's literally it and it's it's such a waste of a, of a really good talent and so yeah i gotta go mankind on this one all right, Mankind, moving on. <clears throat> Here we go. This will be fun. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt's The Fiend. Take it on. Another creative team favorite. The Shockmaster. Oh. <laughs> are, we talking, are we talking Stormtrooper helmet or when he just decided to become a, a construction worker? <laughs> no, yes. no. Definitely the, the initial intent where... They wanted him to be a big, badass, creepy, uh, you know, character with the stormtrooper painted in glitter helmet. Uh, everything leading up to him falling flat on his face. <laughs> yeah. So there's like there's like two ways to compare this. You know, one you got to go with the obvious, like intentional, scary themed, like horror film, like cinematic match presentation of the fiend Bray Wyatt. Even his. Uh, even his before character when he was the swampy backwoods devil's rejects guy, it was also pretty scary, but picture you're in the living room, just watching TV, minding your own business. And all of a sudden someone Kool-Aid man falls through your wall. <laughs> I think I would be more scared of that than watching the fiend on television. Oh, what the hell's going the on? <laughs> Why are you on the floor? Who are you? <laughs> So oh, you guys might attention. That's just Mr. Ottoman from next door. He's he's going through a phase. <laughs> so you guys might be shocked, master. But I'm gonna but I'm gonna go with uh, the shock master here. Well, I mean, as as amazing uh, and shocking as the debut of the shock master was, yeah. I uh, uh, it was very short lived. 
Um, it was one of those times when they were trying to Hulk Hogan sting and just come up with any character they could that would be a threat to sting. And they came up with the shock master. And, uh, unfortunately <laughs> one, two by four presented, prevented that thing from getting off the ground ever. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the fiend here. Um, but I'm uh, just interested to know what Dino has to say. Here. And let's be honest. Well, if he didn't fall through the wall, no one do you would remember. Do you think it would have worked? Still, <laughs> no. He, he was a fat. He was a fat, bedazzled stormtrooper. Yeah, <laughs> wearing some sort of animal on his body. Um, I gotta go the fiend. Uh, because uh, Bray Wyatt. The man took the Whale and Mercy gimmick and made it into the Elias Codius character from Fallen with like a little bit of like Bayou uh like voodoo type of shit. Like Cape uh, Fear. Yeah, man, like uh, yeah, Max Cady. Um it, it, and seeing it evolve into this weird television show. I'm like, okay, he either watched a Rob Zombie movie or he watched the new It movie. Because like the elements are there. And as a horror fan, I was loving it absolutely and seeing like, oh, did you see the still shot of this? Like the puppets peeking out and looking at everything. I'm like, oh shit, they're being cryptic with this. Mm -hmm. Like in a time of where WWE was just, just so bland and so boring. Like you had this guy who after numerous attempts and had gotten over numerous times and yet they did nothing with him. I was like, what the hell else could he possibly do? And then seeing the show happen and I'm like, this is this fucking guy. Like, why? What are they not seeing in him? Like, he, and then that debut, when you hear the theme song, and then it turns red, just everything is blood red. The music is distorted. It's this whole hellish version, this evolved form of his already creepy and wonderful theme, turned into a straight up horror movie slasher presence. The man carried a fucking lantern made of his own head to the <laughs> ring. Everybody was losing their mind with this character. It was just completely nightmarish. And what do they do? They fucking make him lose to a DQ because Seth Rollins couldn't contain himself. The like, day, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. day I, uh, the day I, I, I fell in love with Johnny Gargano as a human being. Uh, they, they, uh, they had, they used to host these things where they would have wrestlers or NXT performers watch the pay per view that's going on that weekend, and yes. they just happened to show him watching the Fiend's debut, and like <laughs> they, they just zoom in on his face, and he doesn't know it's being, it's happening, but he just has just mouth breather face, just like, <laughs> just inner mark out child face going on, like. And I was just like, I love that. See, I still I still make that face today, so I adore seeing that. <laughs> well, that's when you know you got him. I mean, like, you you make somebody in the industry yeah. be just completely at a moment of disbelief. That moment where they become a fan again. Yeah. Like, that's, to me, that's what makes Bray Wyatt, that's what makes The Fiend a fantastic character, and honestly, the winner of this section, because... Like with what they're doing with the white rabbit stuff, it's like, is is it him? Like you're still questioning it, even though they had that little scan code or whatever that says, oh, it's a jumbly, so you spell it out, it looks like Bray Wyatt, yeah, and everything else. I'm like, if this is really him, then fucking a, like do right by him now, please, like, yeah, 
Because there's too I think many. That's the hope with Triple H in charge. It yeah. seems like things are going better, but absolutely yeah. well mr and, ottoman i tried to give you your flowers on this bracket but uh you know the obvious choice is bray wyatt today not darso well, sure. material for me <laughs> <laughs> all right jake the snake roberts Ooh. and the great kabuki uh, i'll start kabuki's great uh, a lot of of his stuff has has stuck around i mean he was one of the original misters i think in the world and uh you know, one of the classic territory heels that got to move around and, and, and always got over quickly. It's fun, but I mean, it's Jake the Snake Roberts, and uh, we'll talk about him plenty, I hope, in this bracket. So I'm just going to make this quick. Jake Roberts. Ronald? Yeah, it's Jake Roberts for me. What I will say about Jake Roberts that I haven't said before, um, you know, my family is well documented as not being wrestling fans across the board. Uh, across the board uh, but I would have I remember like my uncle telling me I was like yeah I never got into that wrestling shit but man I saw that guy have a snake bite macho man one time and that shit was I, I was like oh that's real that that can't be fake and I was like right. yes so for for a character to grab a hold of my cynical family like that uh, <laughs> is always a win for me and if uh, if anyone's gonna do it it's gonna be Jake Roberts who is the most believable bad guy uh, just about ever, you know, and you can say what you want about his uh, actual life, uh, <laughs> bleeding out into his uh, professional life. Um, but yeah, the character Jake the Snake Roberts is pretty iconic as far as a villain and a scary person goes, and definitely someone I see going far in this bracket. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just say right now, Jake the Snake, all the way. Uh, the man can cut a dark promo telling a story of God knows what. That lays in the pit of the soul of a man of their guilt of their their demons and everything else whether he be face or heel you're just like what is with this guy he's just a mistake you know we don't have a really good like light of day kind of thing but you, you trust me right oh this is perfect yeah oh, like dude such a good impression uh, oh thank you that was very it's training um which honestly just a quick story on that one i was talking to him when i was working for Sinbodi. And um, uh, I just we had a nice little back and forth, and I said, "Oh, trust me." He goes, hey, that's my line. <laughs> Fucking killed me. I'm like, of course it is. It's your Jake the Snake. I'm sorry, but you know, it's really funny, dude. But yeah, as far as like a dark character, and just all around, like even in his happiest moments, the man tells you about something tragic or evil that lays in the distance. So Jake the Snake, all the way. All right, Abyss. Take it on, one guy. One of maybe the dark horses in this thing, Papa Shango. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> ah. Okay. Ooh. Way before he was slinging puss, he was slinging spells. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I think watching someone so powerful and so crazy looking and so unstoppable like the Ultimate Warrior bleeding from the head. Uh, is just tattooed in my brain. It wasn't even something that I lived through. It was something that I watched on Coliseum Home Video during my many, many rentals in the Hollywood video slash blockbuster era. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for these two, I might have to go Papa Shango. It just fits the bill so perfectly for this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the, the performer himself, I think, doesn't get enough credit for his longevity. And just how well his characters work 
granted, you know, if if you're going to talk about Bell to Bell in-ring performer, he's not really anyone's go-to. But if you're going to just put everyone aside and just watch his stuff, you know, dude was good. He just happened yeah. to be surrounded by so many other stars. You know, that there is a King of the Ring where him, as the ultimate fighting machine, uh, wrestled <laughs> to a... Yes, he wrestled to a draw with Shawn Michaels, and it's fantastic. I, I would encourage anybody to go out of their way and watch it. It's probably the best, his finest work as far as Bell to Bell goes. But, sorry, uh, t- went off on a tangent, had to give the guy his flowers. I'm going Papa Shango. Uh, now, Abyss for me, I think uh, in ring, most people would agree Abyss is probably the better Bell to Bell performer here. Um, and he gave us, quite frankly, a lot of moments um, that are just incredible and, and some very memorable stuff. Um, but I watched Papa Shango make the ultimate warrior throw up without touching him. Uh, and it fucking freaked me out as a kid because like, even like it was before I went to my first house show where I, where, uh, giant Gonzalez exposed the business to me forever. And then I knew what it was (laughs) in that very moment, watching him throw a forearm and, uh, (laughs) So it weirded me out, and it stuck with me for a very long time that uh, a, this guy could make someone vomit without touching them just by holding the creepy smoking head. So uh, for me, Papa Shango actually scared me, whereas Abyss I enjoyed. So I'm going with Papa Shango here. Oh, man. See, I've been making women throw up with, with, without doing anything <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> I, you tell me I could have used that talent on, on Cole and he would have feared me? <laughs> Oh man. Um <laughs> Yeah, Papa Shango. The same ultimate wear head bleed. He made mean gene drip ooze from his sleeve and everything. The fact that he would come out and just no music, like this is before the big let's play the music so they come out and distract them. He would just walk out from nowhere and the smoke was already coming out of the skull and if he had like the fire thing, those promos by the way, the vignettes of Papa Shango where you hear his scary bongo ridden theme. It just paints a wonderful picture of the character, and he would have the the fire in his hand, laughing. <laughs> I'm like, I, I I don't know who this guy is. I hope he doesn't debut. And of course, he debuted, and just completely frightened the hell out of all of us. So uh, yeah, Papa Shango. Yeah, two of his characters are so iconic that just can't get over today. You got one indigenous voodoo uh, monster uh, that puts spells on people, and then you have the fucking the pimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wanted him to combine the gimmicks. I wanted to, the, oh. the God Papa, and he comes out with goth hose. That was a that was a gimmick that, oh, me that and my would cousin be really awesome. thought. No, Papa Father, just fucking Papa back- Father, even better. <laughs> Dude, just fucking backhands people and they start ooh, throwing up. Ooh. But what about this? Joins the right to censor as Papa Shango, the good Papa. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, the good Papa. Just anytime someone goes oh. and cusses, they just start bleeding from the mouth. Like, Mother Austin three sixteen says I just whipped your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Watch your book. Watch your mouth, Steve. Watch your mouth, Steve. All right. We've reached the final matchup of the of part one of this bracket. Um Psycho Sid. <laughs> take it on. Dan Housen, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Dan Housen. Speaking of spells, <laughs> speaking of spells, 
Oh, man. It's too bad he wasn't wrestling uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake because we know he has no chance against scissors. So, mm-hmm. true. Um, I would have to say, out of these two, I am a guilty pleasure Sid Mark. I think the master... Guilty? Yeah. What uh, the fuck do you mean, guilty? A lot of my community friends didn't like Sid. I think... Well, uh, they're I think terrible. They are terrible. Yeah. Uh, but... Sid Bell to Bell is frankly not great, but Sid was so good as a character and the believability that we love him and, you know, don't care about the shit marks that are like, you couldn't wrestle. Meh. Yeah, if Sid debuted today, I probably, you know, would have a little more of that attitude. But man, me as a 10 year old, 11 year old, 12 year old, that dude was money. I bought in almost immediately when I saw him. So it's fucking awesome. It is fucking awesome. He should have faced awesome for the fucking ECW title and totally just turned everybody on their ear. Like that battle of the power match. bombs, battle of the yep. power bombs right there. Yep. Uh, you know, Dan Housen's funny. He kind of reminds me of Gollum meets Larry David. Um, mm, that makes sense. But I'm, I got to go psycho Sid here. Oh, well in the spirit of Halloween for me, uh, we got a guy that, that, you know, just, Cast spells and curses people, and it's got him on national television. Uh, looking the way he looks with his body size, and uh, you know, he's an okay wrestler, Bell to Bell. So, I'm gonna just go with fucking Danhausen here, guys. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be the same reason for me. Like, he manages to get to the platforms that he is on because of that gimmick. And that gimmick is something that nobody really has done. I mean, honestly, you could say Boogeyman, you could say a few others, but he literally is just this Captain Howdy-looking thing, just, you know, pointing at it. It's the evil monkey from Family Guy painted up like Captain Howdy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I am all for it. I've only seen, like, one or two matches of his, and you're right, an okay worker. But the fact that he can get people to fucking – an entire arena – scream in happiness because he has arrived in the building just to curse somebody. I respect that. I absolutely respect that. Oh yeah. So, his, his, bump, his bump card is going to be very minimal. He's going to have a job for life. Just being that character. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really the goal in wrestling. That's smart. I think. Work that's smart, smart, not hard. <laughs> there you go. So maybe a bit of an upset to close the show today. Dan Housen moving on to the second round. Uh, Oh, Ronald, how you feeling about this bracket so far? I love it. It's so much fun, as predicted. And, you know, I'm kind of thinking, you know, maybe Danhausen put a curse on Sid and he broke his other leg. I don't oh, know no. shit, crap, baby! <laughs> yeah, he, like, like like during a swing at the softball game, just... <laughs> well, maybe that's what did it. When, when Brett was doing his big shoot promo, and he's like, oh, here comes Sid! He's gonna screw me, too! And you hear the microphones pick up. I don't know shit, crap, baby! my favorite <laughs> Sid moment, by the way. So, Dan Housen heard it. Yeah, no swearing, you know? And then so he broke the other leg. You have half the brain that I do. <laughs> 22! Oh, man! Oh, do we want to change our vote for Sid now? No, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. As we reminisce on how awesome. Acting, that I definitely would, would go Sid all the fucking way. Because that yeah. guy sold for Martin Landau. So... <laughs> Al Bandini, you want to wrestle? Oh, man. All right. Well, we are running low on time for this episode here, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to just end it quickly. Uh, Dino will be back with us for part two next week. And uh, so we'll we'll ask him how he loved that part right there. And uh, so for Ron Kilborn and our guest, Dino Winwood, I am your host, Cold Austin, saying thank you. We love you. And good night. Mwah. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.